So hi, this podcast is recorded in a house full of all kinds of crazy things. I'm just warning you right now, I got guests, we got the cats, we got the dogs, it's a, it's a bit of a mess. Also, while we swear and it is flagged explicit, we're not going to talk about anything naughty. It's just that we swear a lot and there's only two settings on the um, podcast, aggregators and they're all like, oh, well, you can be clean or explicit, but nothing in between. So we're explicit. Sorry about that. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 104. We are in the midst of preparing for Anthrocon, and that means that there's a lot going on. I've still got stuff to move out to the car. Shoot, I haven't even finished packing, and it's like 10 minutes to 9 the night before we leave. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to go over to my interview with Dana Frederick. It was a fantastic interview, and then I'll be back to check in with you after that. Hi, folks. I am here today with Dana Frederick, who is going to tell us about how she stays productive. Now, Dana, and I got your last name right. Yes, you did. Okay, good. Can you give your give us a little more uh, a full introduction? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you so much for having me and everything. Oh, absolutely. And I am a um, YA steampunk and fantasy author. Ooh. Um, so besides writing books, I also um, make candles based off my characters, mm -hmm. which I sell at cons and other kind of live events. Um, I also host a blog that provides technical guides and other helpful articles for authors. Specifically, I kind of like to run A-B tests on author things in life. And so then I <laughs> share, share like the troubleshooting stuff with that and some of the more technical stuff that you just don't really see. Um, and then recently, I also... Um, uh, so like an uh, example of that would be I use both ACX and Findaway voices to do audiobooks. So I'm going to have an article in about two weeks coming out on that experience and just Ooh. things that authors can be aware of. Um, yeah. And then mm -hmm. I think that's pretty much it. I probably have forgotten something else. So, yeah, it, I also run a Patreon and other things. So, yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about the links to the Patreon and all that stuff at the end. Um, yeah. So with all that going on, how do you keep yourself organized? Um, so I, I have a lot of different bits and pieces that mm -hmm. I've sort of cobbled together. Um, very, very Frankenstein. <laughs> um, I used to use Evernote for a bullet journal. I think, I don't know. At what point does it become not a bullet journal? How far can you stray from that before it's not that anymore? Right, right. Although given the um, flexibility of bullet journals, it's, it's hard to tell. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but I called it a bullet journal anyway. Uh, okay. Um, so, but I, I didn't like the way it transferred um, to mobile. Mm. So I don't use it for that anymore, but I retained the bits that worked. So like I still have my recipe book in there, which is awesome. Um, so now I use Trello as my weekly planner. Um, 
And I like it so much better. And by the <laughs> way, I am totally open to like tips and tricks, though, because I'm just learning it. <laughs> um, let's see here. So I just started keeping a spreadsheet for my inventory system. And I'm sort of like start, starting to lean more towards like Google Sheets instead of Excel, just so it can all sort of like be in the same application instead of multiple applications open. Right. Um, so, yeah, which the inventory system is still in work in progress. I did some kind of initial account wrong. And now I have like a few extras of one book and a few not extras of another. So yeah. And then I rely really, really heavily on reminders and checklists. So like that's the official reminders app in Apple. Right. Um, and then checklists and stuff like that. So yeah, lots of those things. So, so for the checklist, are you keeping those separate or so I recently reinstalled Evernote. Because mm-hmm. it's worth going back and looking. And I was looking at their their checklist function. Are you using the, that in Evernote? Or are you just like, oh, I need to write a checklist down and throwing that in reminders or on paper or something like that? Oh, I do it in, uh, in Trello. In Trello, so, you know, okay. You, you have like little cards and you can have the checklist in there. I found that it's just, that's the tidiest, at least for my system, um, mm-hmm. as far as keeping everything straight. Like, for instance, I'm actually using a checklist right now for my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and and the nice thing about it is that really helps you understand when that card is done because you can mm-hmm. kind of get a progress on it. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's just the more I can empty out of my own brain, mm-hmm. the better off I am cuz I've tried the thing where I'm just going to keep it all in my head. No, no, no. This this does not work. It's terrible. And I don't recommend it. <laughs> so, but I hey, that works for you. Awesome. It just it it crashed and burned for me. So, yeah. Yeah, it it uh, it's crashed and burned for me once or twice as well, which is why I have unfortunately I have notes scattered all over different places, and every couple of years I have to like consolidate them all down. So right, yeah. There's I have I have that problem too, where I have notes in the Notes app, mm-hmm. which I'm trying to transfer to probably Evernote since that's kind of like dumping ground for anything that's written still, right. but like that's not organized. So it hasn't actually happened yet. So yeah, still <laughs> like it's, it's always a, a work in progress, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. By the way, and I'm going to mention this now, but we'll talk more about it later. There's an app called cloud HQ, mm-hmm. which can sync between like multiple Google accounts or Evernote to Google drive or stuff like that, that I've used. That's mm-hmm. really, really cool for like either backups or getting those notes propagated to different things so like for a while i was using it to pull OneNote stuff into evernote okay and Um, you know like that that syncing is vital because you know you're at an event in a different state and you're like mm -hmm. oh i need to know the thing and then you know you have to look it up right then and there right right i will warn you cloud hq is a pay for thing but oh yeah um and by the way folks i'm not being paid by cloud hq to say any of that although if they want to pay me i'm i'm open (laughs) Okay, um, <laughs> so, all right, so we've got all of these these different pieces, um, mm-hmm. and I heard some talk about A-B testing, which I'm like, oh, that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. So with all of that, what systems and habits are valuable to you or, or help keep all of that sort of running? Um, again, it's, it's so many different pieces. So for instance, like um, I mentioned, I, I've kept the stuff that works. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't trash anything generally. Um, I kind of just re cannibalize it for other stuff. So for instance, um, Evernote didn't work as a weekly planner for me, but like I said, the, it worked really well as a recipe book. And 
that's really important in my house because my husband has celiac disease. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like we, we can't just like pop out at any time to go get food. Like the restaurant thing is a whole ordeal. Like you have to check all the labels at the grocery store. <laughs> so I keep all of that in Evernote. Um, it's good. I like it for text. I feel like it, mm -hmm. it does better for text than like when you have a grid when yep. it transfers to mobile. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So like I use it for that a lot. Um, let's see here. What else do I have? So, um, oh, one of the habits I really, really, really recommend, mm -hmm. um, it's not so much technical. Yeah. I feel like just like understanding like the way that you work and like your brain does is yes. really important. I've, I've realized this in the last couple of years because for the last two years I've been self-employed and been trying to like figure out this whole thing and me being at home all the time. Cause my husband works from home a lot too. Mm -hmm. Even just like that dynamic has required adjustment. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, as someone who's been doing it since 2011, mm -hmm. um, taking the effort to make that adjustment is a good thing. It's like Ursula and I both work from home, but right. I have my space, I mm -hmm. have my office, and yeah. when I'm in my office and not on, I guess the side of the desk I'm on right now with the recording station, that's mm -hmm. she, you know, that's work time, that's work space, and so. Um, we're, we're certainly, I mean, we, we, we did have to do a lot of adjustment and figuring out boundaries, especially when we were sharing the same office space. Ooh, gosh. That was, that was a big thing. Like, this is my part and this is my cave part. And then now as we both, as, as both of us needed more space, it's like, this is my cave and she has the art cave upstairs. Right. Um, because she really needs a lot more space for the art and stuff than I do. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, like, but yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but yeah, understanding the way you work, the way your brain works, and then at least an understanding of how the other person, if you're sharing space, like all of us are, I guess, in this particular case, is really important. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Like, war will break out if if I feel like if that understanding isn't there. Like, he right. is very much like typical introvert, like, you know, his care package includes a dark room, solitude, and quiet. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, so like that's his, his process for decompressing. And I am, I do what I call verbal barfing. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yep. And like, yep. so I'll just be like, I know all the words and blah, 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 blah. And so like, you know, sometimes we have to communicate and there are times where like our needs don't line up. Right. So, you know, I'll, I'll check with him cause I can't just like pop down there and be like, Mike, all the things. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause then he's like, oh gosh, what is this? Um, so yeah, so like I'll text him and be like, Hey, can I catch you later? I have verbal barfing I need to do. Oh, there you and, go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like and that then, term too. Oh dude, it's so applicable. Just all the words. Blah. Um, and then, you know, if he's not in a like brain mm -hmm. space where he can like handle all of the purging, then, you know, I have backup people that I can, yeah. I can call on. Um, so yeah, I feel like just understanding like the way you function is so helpful. And then you can identify like, okay, these are my needs. Mm -hmm. So this is how I get the things I need. Right, right. So yeah. And there's the setting of boundaries if you've got two people sharing the same space all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I understand that really well. And I, I think not enough is maybe said about that because if you're all in the same space and you don't 
have boundaries or understandings about how the other people person works at least a little bit, you're going to end up at each other's throats. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. even, even if you're, you know, in a relationship, you mm-hmm. don't own each other. Right. Like each has like needs and, you know, all the space and things like the space requirements that like any other relationship has. Um, so yeah. And not having those like suffocates it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's got a studio downstairs. I've got my office up here and I have mm-hmm. like a little candle workshop up in my loft. So yeah, we've got <laughs> all of that. Yeah. Candle <clears> workshop <throat> in your loft. That's, that's groovy. Okay. So, um, we're still on systems and habits. We just mm-hmm. sort of, so, so what else, what have we missed? I'm sure we've missed something. Uh, yeah. So let's see here. Going through the checklist. Oh, <laughs> professional ass kickers. Professional so, ass kickers. Yes. Okay. Professional ass kickers. Uh, this is, this is something that I have come to realize is incredibly helpful if you can, if you can have them in your life. Um, so, you know, obviously we have people that keep us accountable and will we'll call us on our stuff. And if you don't have that person, you should have that person, somebody mm-hmm. who will be like, Hey, this is not okay. Or, Hey, maybe have you thought about this thing? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, so I, I have also, um, like a workout professional ass kicker. So like I meet with a trainer, twice a month because I hate working Mm. out. Working out is not fun. And I have to incentivize myself for it in -hmm. some way. Um, Like when I run, I play a game called Zombies Run, which is super fun. Do you you play Zombies Run? I I don't, but I know some of the writers. (laughs) Oh, do you? That's awesome. Well, next time you talk to them, tell them they're doing a great job because that game has me so emotionally invested. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... It, oh my gosh, I've, I've been crying on the treadmill before, like, no. <laughs> right on. And I, I will yell at it on a, on a uh, not daily basis, because I don't run daily, but yeah, like on a regular basis whenever I do run. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you, well, I mean, there's probably names are public out there, but I, I it's like, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll go off after this, say, hey, I was just talking to somebody, and they're like, wow, we're so emotionally invested in this, but I don't want you yelling at them, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> no, I'm more like, I'm more run, not yelling at the writers, but like mm-hmm. just shouting at the game. Cause you know, you play runner five and like you are this character. Yeah. And so, you know, they'll be like, Oh, runner five, we need you to run into that burning building. And I'd be like, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't where's runner six. Where's runner four. Right. Right. Where's everyone else? Why is it always me? Um, so yeah. So professional ass kickers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to I'm going to start including the writers of Zombie Run in this as professional ass kickers. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like you know, having a personal trainer as well. Like he's he's super nice and he's not one of these guys who's like, oh, you have to do the thing, growly and stuff. Yeah, um, he's super duper cool. But like he'll call me on it. Like mm-hmm. there are times where like I've backslid a bit, and he's like, yeah, you doing those workouts I set for you at home? And he's like, eh. mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I think I think having people in your life that will call you on stuff is very important. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then you talked um, about A/B mm-hmm. testing, or am I getting ahead of you? Uh, right. Let's talk about A/B testing. Okay. Yes. So basically, like, I'm just one of those people. I need to push all the buttons and see what happens. <laughs> um. So yeah. So like with you know ACX versus Find a Way, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be my next blog entry, which will, I'm sure will be out by the time this airs. Um. So, you know, I had heard about Findaway, I'd heard about ACX and, you know, ACX is very exclusive the way Amazon likes to be. Of course. And whatnot. 
because you know they want to make money. I can't blame them for that, but also oh, it's, yeah, it's a love hate no. relationship. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then find a way is like the wide version for audiobooks. So I just did both. Like for the um, the ACX, like I kind of went full propriety on that where I hired a person for mm-hmm. a royalty share, which locks you into a contract for seven years. Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, like I kind of like went completely on that side with ACX and propriety and kind of being locked in and then find a way, which is like, you can kind of do whatever you want. Yep. Um, I did that where I, I hired a person. Um, it was actually a, a vocalist here in Nashville. Um, hired that person we did all the engineering ourselves because mm-hmm. my husband actually went to school for musical engineering. Like he has a studio downstairs. We did all <laughs> the recording here in house, um, all the editing, yep. all that kind of stuff. So yeah. So like on one side I did almost no work except like just telling that person what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, like it was a ton of work. I act like I did it. Like my husband did all the editing. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't really like me doing all the work. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say I'm, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. Um, so we we did everything in house mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, I listened through it and would let him know, like, oh hey, this needs to be fixed or whatever. Um, you know, and then we I did like both both sides of that upload and whatnot and have, you know, since been gathering data for the blog post, which I always knew I was gonna do. Right. Um, just so I can, you know, kind of compare and contrast the the results of that. Mm-hmm. So before you were a writer Mm-hmm. And and doing this professionally full time, were you in tech doing QA or something like that? Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> you are very astute. Um, yeah, so I was a personnel coordinator, ah. and personnel coordinator in this case translates to a little bit of everything. the yeah. The company I worked for, we had a bunch of remote team members, and so if like some light IT was required. Mm-hmm. We would, we would do that. And like, we would be left to figure out a lot of the problem solving mm-hmm. and stuff. So like, Oh, Hey, our human resources website is being janky because they made an update and didn't tell anybody. Oh yeah. 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 Um, like we would have to figure that out. And then if there was like a fix, we would have to figure out the fix and communicate it. Um, when I, I was actually the first one in that position, um, and so a lot of the problem solving mm-hmm. was left to me until the team grew. Right, right. And so like, you know, they'd be like, oh, hey, we need like some kind of performance metrics. And then I would have to like create whatever system would fit <laughs> what they wanted. Right. So yeah, yeah. you are you are totally spot on with that. Like kind of a soft skills position meets mm-hmm. like all the technical requirement stuff. Right. And, and uh, things like AB testing are, are actually really useful to apply mm-hmm. outside of, uh, I mean, most of the time we think about software development or, or, or something like that, but you're applying it probably in, in one of the, you know, what it's designed to do. All right. What solution do I want to go to? Let's try them both and see how, or, you know, try with, Project A will be with solution A, project B will be with solution B, and then mm-hmm. we'll see how they, they work out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, our, our team members were always really good about being patient with us as, as we tried to figure stuff out. And, mm-hmm. you know, we would break them into to teams, so to speak, like yeah. that. Like, okay, we're going to try, have you try this, and then we're going <laughs> to have you try this, and then we're going to compare the notes. 
and whatnot. And I wrote a lot of technical manuals for that position as well. Cause again, like I was kind of the first one in there. And so I kind of have to develop those things. Right, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. So yeah, so a lot cool. of, and I mean, it was, it was a good gig. I was mm -hmm. sad to leave. I'd been there for 10 years, but you know, it was just one of those times where like things changed, but like a lot of those skills transferred to what I do now with like writing and supporting other authors and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And there's, there's also the, the whole idea, like you were saying with, um, uh, with your inventory system, you're like, okay, this system works, but maybe I should, uh, I should look at another one or, you mm -hmm. know, compare and contrast. And there's also, um, uh, a lot of it when you're doing merch, oh my God, doing merch. Like mm -hmm. what sells and what doesn't. And sometimes it's just so confusing because something that'll sell at one show won't sell at another. And that one's oh, really gosh. hard to figure out. Mm -hmm. Right. Because yeah. The candles are, are very much like that just because like, you know, everyone has different preferences as mm -hmm. far as scent and they're all like themed after my character. So like one is lavender and vanilla and it's really nice and sweet. And one is leather and whiskey. <laughs> very, very different. Very different. Um, yeah. And so like you kind of figure out a system where you can kind of hedge your bets mm -hmm. when it comes to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So that, that, that actually satisfies my burning question in part of this. What, what else do we need to talk about? Cause you've got the uh, list on that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see here. Oh yeah. So I am trying to use Pomodoro, uh, the little, um, yep. What is that? What is that even called? It's like a timer, but yeah, it's some yeah, kind of it, system it's too. Literally, uh, a pomo in Italian is tomato, and it's named <laughs> that because the guy who came up with the Pomodoro system, the mm -hmm. the timer he used was a tomato shaped kitchen timer. You know, the kind where you just turn the thing to the time and it oh, goes yeah. ding, right? And that's actually why it's called the Pomodoro method because it's based off of literally a tomato shaped timer. Kind of adorable. Yeah, I really yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, the the whole, I'm going to time block and work this and then take a break. And then time block and work this and take a break. I may actually start doing that more for work work because we have so many different, I'm still in that learning phase and there's so much. I, I need to, like, being able to slice my focus a little better. So, like, okay, I'm working on this right now, and I really want to explore this other thing, but instead of going off on a tangent, I need to stay focused here. So I'm I'm looking at, at re-implementing that or trying that again for myself. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, I... I will just sit for hours and not move if, I, if I'm really deep into work or something. My husband has come in and been like, have you eaten today? Yeah. 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 So... Yeah. Again, professional ass kickers have mm -hmm. people who check on you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm trying to use Pomodoro more so that I like get up and move around and feed myself and things like that. Um, I use Scrivener for writing drafts, but I don't like it for editing. Right. I just don't think it has the the capabilities I like that, you know, cause when you edit in word, you can turn on the track changes. It'll show you exactly what you've gotten rid of and what you've added. And I love Scrivener, but it just doesn't have that. Yeah, that's that's a, a common thing. Also, apparently, uh, Office Online doesn't have it. Does it? Do they not? No. So if you're if you're going to when the if you write in in Office Online or whatever, this has actually been like warned from Ursula's publishers. It's mm -hmm. like okay, don't re-import this document into Office 365 because it'll lose all those changes. Oh, yeah. That sounds like it would make me insane. Well, and it's it's. I mean. 
that's really bad because you can't go in. I mean, I watch her workflow. She's going through and she, okay, accept this. Don't accept that. You know, stat, stat, stat. <laughs> she's a big yeah. fan of stat often. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, thank you for the warning because that would make me insane. Yeah. Um, and I'd probably pull my hair out. Like I've, I've been screaming before because I've accidentally lost stuff that I've written. Ooh. And I mean, we have our offsite backups. Right, right. But it's just, there's that moment of like, ah! Sorry, I don't know yeah. if that that scream comes through well. No, on no, podcast, no, it's it's, it's so. fine, it's fine, it's fine. Everybody will get the idea. I certainly heard it. It's it's cool. Um, mm. also for recording, um, since we were talking about audiobooks and A/B testing and stuff, um, oh, yeah. something that's really helpful is if because now now that I've had this experience, I've started recording my own audiobooks. Like I put up my first mm-hmm. audio short story on um, Patreon recently, and anytime I made a mistake, I would like make like a loud almost like a barking noise. So there would be a spike <laughs> in the waveform and I would know like, this is where a mistake is. You need to do an edit. Right, right. So, Usually yeah. I can tell that because that's the spot in Hidden Almanac. That's Hidden Almanac is probably the most heavily edited of this one, of, of the recordings we do. Mm-hmm. And so usually that spot is, I, I clear my throat right then and there. Ah. Uh, where the And I can see that in the waveform. Sometimes it's subtle, like I... Um, like Ursula has this thing, if she trips over, she'll just be all, blah, 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 and that yeah. doesn't show up in the same way. And right. so I have to, kn- I have to remember, okay, we had a, a thing here that, you know, and she'll just, blah, blah, and then go right back to the line where she had started. And it's just like, oh, it's one big waveform. Now I have to actually pay a little more attention. So, yeah, but yeah, no, there, there are tricks like that, like the clapping to set a, 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 a spike. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um usually you do that with when you've got multiple people or multiple tracks you're recording, you set the spikes so that everybody's synced so that when you're pulling all the pieces together, you can you can just align the clap. Oh, that's why they do a, a podcast I listen to, mm-hmm. like they've made that joke with the clapping before, but I like never understood why they did it. That's so interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. This is good to know. Yeah. I love I love talking with people because we can exchange all these like cool little pro tips and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. I've picked up so much from doing the show. Mm-hmm. Really, it's it's been an absolutely amazing experience. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. So Scrivener is mm-hmm. great. Um, mm-hmm. And I this with this last book I wrote, there mm-hmm. were so many different pieces. Like I was moving around like the sections and stuff because you, you know Scrivener lets you like, oh, yeah. break up all the pieces. Like I was moving stuff around like crazy. Um, so I do like it for that. And I like that it has a research section that you, you know, doesn't come out in the compile, which Mm -hmm. is nice. Um, and I actually like with that book back to spreadsheets, I had so many like different pieces and stuff that had to like fit together that I had a spreadsheet where I had like all the characters along the top and like the chapter sections along the side. So I can make sure like that everything was working. Like I had like a sort of main character who didn't show up for like eight chapters. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be in here. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, um, there's that. It's, it's almost Um, like you need one of those serial killer maps to track it all together. But (laughs) I, I think maybe a mind map app would work for that, but I don't, I don't know. I've never actually looked into that sort of thing. I've used, um, I think it's called scapel, which I think is like the little like baby of Scrivener. It's it's all right. It's very much like that, like word bubble joined mm-hmm. to another word bubble kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've used that. And I've used another one called I think Node. Very similar kind of situations. And like I like those for just like if I'm just trying to like 
brainstorm or whatever. But yeah, as far as like actually like, okay, I'm setting because I don't really I, I don't really outline like I know right. people say you should. It just doesn't really work for me. You're a but pantser, not a planner. It's true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. And I had I had someone once tell me that like, oh, if you want to be a professional writer, you have to outline. And like, I don't disagree with them, but I also like don't 100 percent agree with them. Let me let me introduce you to all of the professional writers I know who are pantsers, aka by the seat of their pants, versus right. planners plotting it off way in advance. There's there's a split between so many of them. Ursula is totally uh, I am I am jumping off this cliff of story and hoping I figure out how to stop while I'm going. Whereas I think it's uh, Wendig is is very much a plan it out in advance and then right. and then rewrite it. Yeah. So. And I think even in Stephen King's book on writing, like mm-hmm. he talks about like he's unearthing the story as he goes. Yes. Yeah. So like I'm not I'm not anti outline or anything. I just mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that I like the idea that like this is what you have to do. Yeah, and I mean even uh, everybody has their own method. Um when I was talking to Case Alexander, she was talking about her whiteboard where she puts sticky notes with the major plot beats she wants to cover and that's all the planning she does mm-hmm. and the rest of it is just you know yeah you there's, know. there's a lot of middle ground in there yeah exactly exactly mm-hmm. yeah and i've i've been known to do that like you know with the with the spreadsheet to make sure everything matches mm-hmm. up like i had an outline for my book into the fire but it changed like halfway through and like the the, the last half of the outline just got thrown out the window <laughs> it happens yeah right yeah just yeah. whatever whatever system works for you that's cool yeah. I mean, that's, even, that's what I think. Even for Digger, Ursula had a document that was by the end mostly um, mostly just quotes in the characters' mm-hmm. voices. So if something had happened to her before she finished it, I would have had to mm-hmm. figure out who was actually talking. But she said, yeah, there was this point where she was just going to introduce Boneclaw Mother as sort of a, a side character. And then she she just stepped in and said, oh, no, child. <laughs> and had things to say. And she was like, ooh. So, I mean, that happens. That happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then so I think the last thing is for my candle making, which is like the most physical kind mm-hmm. of thing that mm-hmm. I do. Um, I mean, that's a lot down to just like my eyes and my nose to, you know, make sure everything smells nice and, and looks nice. Oh, um, yeah. But I do I do keep a spreadsheet for like the formulas and I keep batch data on each batch that I do just so like I can kind of see how things might have changed. Um, like I s- recently switched over from um, like block dyes, like their little solid blocks yeah. of wax yeah. to liquid dyes. And that's a very different process. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. So like, and I, you know, I have formulas for like my scents so that it's consistent throughout. Cause I feel like candle making is generally pretty easy but like it's that consistency and like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. like with merch like finding what works right and and then uh, because it's a manufacturing process it has to be repeatable exactly and that's that's really huge because when we're talking about merch um it can be so random and in, in that what worked this year doesn't work next year mm-hmm. or what works this con doesn't work at the con next month but when you're manufacturing a product, you have to be able to roll the next batch out to be almost exactly the same as the other batch. 
mm-hmm. as the prior yeah. one, which is why, you know, there are the, the big manufacturers with their secret recipes. And, oh, my God, if you want to see it in, in massive, watch how, how, how it's made. Yeah. Which is so relaxing, but it really kind of shows you that process around we want it to be the same every single time. So here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is such a fascinating show. Like you wouldn't think that like, you know, how golf balls are made or something is interesting. But like it's it's crazy the specialization that's required for all of these different things. Yeah, not just and not just in the machines, although the machine specialization is is absolutely nuts, but mm-hmm. that uh, the one on hockey gloves where there's just a group of women who hand sew the hockey gloves and stuff them and make sure they, they are right every single time. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of things I didn't realize had such a, a human component to it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that, that can never be um, that, or I'm not going to say never be, but are, would be so incredibly difficult and time consuming and expensive to automate that it's just not worth it. Yeah. And I think it, it gives people a good idea too of um, value. Like if you go mm-hmm. into like a, a shop or something and there's like hand blown glass, like I, I took a class on hand blowing glass once. Right, and like, right. Oh my gosh. Like that is time consuming and like fussy. Cause you know, you have a very small window like mm-hmm. to get the glass in shape before it cools too much. And yeah, like you get a really good idea of like this takes skill and time oh, yeah. and energy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you also realize what, how big a difference um, automation and uh, the building of these machines. Although everybody's like, "Oh, they, they, the robots took my job away." Yeah, well, uh, guys, do you know what sort of an efficiency change that that made, and in your quality of life? I mean, maybe mm-hmm. not for the one guy who you know used to hand roll the pasta, but he can go work for the artisanal pasta maker now. Versus, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> There's a really interesting, um, I watch a lot of educational YouTube videos, mm-hmm. really interesting educational YouTube video by CGP Gray um, called Humans Need Not Apply. And it addresses that very thing where, you know, all the the kind of like process of automation and how robots take over, but then also the human component of like, okay, now that we have like this new system, these new jobs have cropped up. And so, like, humans can fill these positions. It's yeah. really interesting to look at that dichotomy. Yeah, learn if you can learn how to repair the machine that took the job that you were doing, then mm-hmm. um, they they haven't figured out how to automate that yet. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's all my, all my systems and habits. I have. I'm, um, I'm already on, on, like, a, a page and a half of notes. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm just... Um, so make a note that this is page two of something. (laughs) Uh, So all that going on, all these different Mm -hmm. systems and habits, how do you decide what to do first on a given day? Um, so I, I actually have tried to take the advice of one of your guests. I apologize. I don't remember his name. Mm -hmm. His show was back in like December of this of last year. Uh Um, and basically his advice was the, um, try to get, your most important like two hours of your most important work done in the first three hours of your day oh okay yeah i think that was sebastian yeah okay mm-hmm. um so yeah i really really liked that piece of advice and i try to do that but there are some days where like that's not feasible so the other um thing i consider is okay what's going to decrease my anxiety because mm-hmm. one thing is like when i do when i do live shows like i'm i, I don't get social anxiety 
I, I really like to people like I'm one of the few extrovert writers, but I get really, really bad logistics anxiety. Oh, yeah. So like I have visions of my car breaking down on the side of the road and I'm by myself and like in the middle of nowhere. So yeah. like, yeah, like so all of those things are. Oh. <laughs> um, and like it's to the point where like I've been nauseous before shows just because like mm. my brain is thinking let's talk about all the things that can go wrong right and then there's mm. always the the con anxiety dream leading up to it or ursula says oh i had the con anxiety dream which is usually mm -hmm. we didn't pack something or we pack the wrong things or we never have the car broke down but something goes wrong with the table she always has it's always that sort of a uh, an anxiety dream where it's something that maybe Often it's something she could have prevented or had control over, and yeah. oftentimes it's not. And you know, it's sort of like the uh, the author dream. I'm sure you've had you've had this one where I'm doing a signing and only two people are going to show up, and one of them is my mother who's required to show up. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of all of the oh. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's the same thing as like the, I actually went to talk in a school once and the night before I had a dream that like my fly was down in front of the whole class. <laughs> yeah. And I was almost like, I was more annoyed at just like the unoriginality of it. I'm like, really brain? Like you couldn't think of anything better than that. Yeah. Like really. I had that dream in high school. <laughs> yeah. But they, it, your brain loves to dredge up the old stuff thinking, oh, this got her once. I'll do it. I bet it still gets her. It's yeah. people were complaining about, you know, here we are in our forties or whatever, having the, I showed up to school in my underwear and have a paper, <laughs> a presentation to or something like that. I'm like, I'm really glad I don't remember my dreams because one, I don't think I ever had that one. And two, if I did, I don't remember it. So who cares? Right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So again, like I like to try and combat that, like I will, lean really heavily on those reminders again if i can get it out of my brain mm -hmm. and i don't have to actually do the work of remembering it it's so much better um so like i have a checklist specifically for if i'm staying in a hotel mm. when i go do a con um and then just like a general show one so yeah like whatever will decrease my logistics anxiety yep. um that will often take precedence because then you know you can like have energy to focus on other things. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that's I think that's that's sort of the important thing is is you don't want to be spending all that time. It, anxiety is terrible. Um, mm -hmm. Really, really impacts your lifestyle, and it's time consuming. It's kind of annoying when it's being mm -hmm. you know. And I'm not not to downplay how difficult it can be to deal with and things like that. But anything you can do to reduce that stress gives you more time to do other things. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I will like I now, especially like if I'm driving and not really able to use my phone, like I will mm -hmm. use the voice text just to, again, like empty my brain of that stuff when I think of it and right. I can just deal with it later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually and I can't remember what bag it's in because I had to take it out before we went to China in case yeah. they were like and then they were like, you have a pocket recorder. Why do you have a pocket recorder? So but I used to keep just one of those simple digital push a button. It records your thought mm -hmm. thing um, with me all the time. Uh, it was supplanted mostly by the phone. And then I started carrying it more for I'm going to the, I someone might decide, hey, let's talk about productivity. And I want to be able to record that without having to bring all this with me. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, oh, I can just set this down on the thing. We can have a talk. We can record it. And then I can listen to it later. 
Yeah. Kind of stuff. Kevin, if I if I ask you how many bags you have, will you tell me? Hold on. In this room. <laughs> two, three, four, five, six. I think I have about eight in this room. Um mm-hmm. That there is a bin upstairs with all the bags I don't use anymore that I'll go in and, and pull stuff out. Like uh, Jacob needed a bag for his laptop, and I'm like, I have just the bag. So okay. I am I am giving them away, mm-hmm. but um, uh, you know, there's the bag that I have for like a grab and go small bag. There's the the messenger bag that is kind of my EDC right now. There's the two backpacks because the one I bought for travel was too big to actually fit on the Chinese airplane overhead storage. So I had to get a different bag, mm-hmm. a different backpack because the one I had literally would not fit. Um, <laughs> and then there's a couple bags that we had that like Ursula tried and didn't like, and I tried and like, but wouldn't again, uh, the bag I was using before we went to China, not the travel bag, but like the everyday carry bag, it has no shape. It has no, it, it it has no reinforcement and it's great for just I'm throwing stuff in a sack and going somewhere. It's right. terrible for carrying a laptop around. Uh, yeah, Even though it has the that. padded laptop, I'm like, yeah, if I tighten the straps too much, I worry about flexing the, the laptop and boom, there goes the very expensive laptop to yeah. my back hurt or my, my mm-hmm. shoulders hurt. Right. So yeah. um, I admit it's a problem. <laughs> and I rather than when, when I was packing to go to, um, uh, new hire school for the new job rather mm-hmm. than go, well, this bag isn't quite right. I'll go buy another one this time. And Ursula was flabbergasted. I was like, I think this other bag I have here will work just fine. Pulled it out. And, oh yeah. This bag is exactly what I need for this particular application. Fantastic. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> uh, but I think having the bags, it's, it's like I have a special – it's like being a mechanic with that specialty tool that only applies to a certain type of car or something. Yes, this bag is for this situation and applies for this particular application. I, I can't – I mean, I can, but physically I'm finding that ha- switching things up every so often is much better on my back, my shoulders, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, uh, things like that because I don't want to tromp around with this messenger bag for a month in China. That's going to destroy my shoulders. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. Because the last time I did something like that uh, was Africa, and I am still sort of like – why is my shoulder sore for, because I carried a small bag on the, Oh, right. That's the shoulder I used in Africa all those years ago. Cause I've hit an age where sometimes these little things aren't just, Oh yeah, that'll be fine in a month. No, no, they aren't. Right. They come back. Do you have, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, do you have bags in bags just in case one of your bags doesn't work out or, you know, breaks or something. So you have like backup bags inside the bags. Uh, no, no, the, the only the only time we do something like that is if we're traveling to we're doing a destination thing and we want a spare bag for bringing stuff back. Ah, uh, yeah. Like so no we, Russian bag situation. Right, right. But I mean, like we, I mean, we store them in the house with bags and bags because that's how they're meant to be stored. But like sure. when I when I travel, I'm not taking like the big osprey and putting the smaller osprey in it and then packing the smaller osprey and things. No, that's we're not doing a Russian <laughs> doll. Um, but. You know, it was really handy to be like, oh, yeah, we, we we went to the grocery store in China and we need to carry around, you know, snacks and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. our backpacks are already kind of full. But, oh, yeah, here's a duffel, a, a collapsible duffel we have. And we'll just go through um, 
you know, the rural parts of Tibet with all of our cup noodle and snack things in that bag easier to get to than having to dig around for them. Yeah. You know, but bag logistics. Yeah. But it's, it's, I admit I have a problem. It's just not a problem. I mean, it's not a problem for me. So it's not necessarily a problem problem. Yeah. And as problems go, it's not the worst one to have. It's not like you've got like a cocaine habit. So Right. Or, (laughs) you know, for a while. um, And it's not like, you know, Ursula has a honey problem. We have so many honeys that we're never going to use. Like I love honey and I'm the same. Yeah. But. You know, hers, it takes up a lot less space. Mm-hmm. I got to admit, it takes up a lot less space. And it never goes bad, which is magic. Right? And Well, except for the one that fermented and exploded. But that was, a that was oh, yeah. I mean, it did I didn't ex- know that could happen. Yeah, apparently it had, it had started to ferment and it started to foam. And so it, it like, split. And so it was coming out of the container. It was one that we had gotten from a, a, a manufacturer, like, not a manufacturer, but a, a, a beekeeper we know. Right. And so, I mean, we know that they're not running in a factory and da 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 da, da. So sure. occasionally things like that will happen. It was just funny. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. I had no idea that could happen. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have to like, there's, there's um at the Maryland Renaissance Fair, they have, mm. they've had these people called the bee folks mm-hmm. and they do all different kinds of honey. Like they have carrot honey and they have killer bee honey yep. and almond honey. And I always have to be like, okay, you can have two things, Dana. Right. And remember, when you're making mead, don't use the sourwood honey, because that is not a mead you want to drink. Mm, that sounds awful. Yeah. I mean, it's great honey. It's fantastic mm-hmm. honey. Um, yeah. But again, because of the flavor profile of, of sourwood, it just doesn't, it does mm-hmm. not work well in a, in a mead. Yeah. yeah so. Um, right. So we got tangented. Of course we did. Of course we did. But we were working through deciding what to do first. And I think, you know, get uh, decreasing anxiety, finding the thing that uh, getting it done in the first two to three hours. I think, you know, that's that's good stuff. Yeah. So, And I, I'll also, like, I try to actually do some of that planning at night because mornings are not good times for me. Like, I'm just really slow to get going in the mornings. Mm-hmm. So if I can, like, wrap up at night and then, like, look at tomorrow's agenda – and kind of already have an idea in my brain. That's really helpful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I, I'll probably, I'm probably up for an hour, maybe hour and a half before I actually sit down at my computer. Okay. I'm, I'm starting to do that now. Um, mm-hmm. Now that I don't have to get up, basically get ready, get out the door to get uh, Jacob to school. Right. Thank God summer break. And then thank God driver's <laughs> license sometime in the fall. Um, oh yeah. But, um, but yeah, now it's like I get up and I have my coffee outside with the chickens and just sort of let everything flow before I start to really worry about it. Because, and I'm noticing that setting the tone for the day that way mm-hmm. is very different from setting the tone for I got to get up, I got to get going, I got to go, 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 go. Um, mm-hmm. And it it certainly, I think there's some attitude changes that are happening as I as I do that versus, you know, I don't feel as rushed or as hurried or as anxious. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. All those things to mm-hmm. work in conjunction just for, just for mental health is yeah. ridiculously awesome. Oh yeah. And then um, just, this one's just for funsies. So on my, on my Trello board, you know, I have the little cards for oh, each yeah. thing that I have to do. Um, I color code them mm-hmm. uh, in rainbow colors. So like red is at the top then <laughs> orange and yellow and green. And I, it just makes me happy. It's just a little thing that makes me happy. And, and yeah, it's not that red means is more important than orange. It's just reds at the top. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roy G. Biv. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and yeah, and then some, and of course, sometimes there are things that they just has to happen first. Like this was set for a certain time of the day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so like, that was pretty much like the first thing on my agenda. Right. Right. Despite yeah. me having technical difficulties and having to ah. address that and be a little late. So eh, you're fine. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how I run that. Awesome. Yeah. And that, that brings us now to thinking of, of that. Cause we already talked a little bit about, um, uh, what is, what advice or feedback have you been given or the best advice or feedback you've been given or would give someone? I had to, I had to think about this question a lot because <laughs> like, as, as I mentioned, like I love talking to people and mm-hmm. just trading information. And so there's a lot of stuff has come from that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I feel like just one of the things I was, I was raised with mm-hmm. is, has really, really served me well. Like growing up, my parents were super pragmatic and everything like mm-hmm. when they still are obviously. <clears throat> so yeah, like, and, you know, if we didn't know a thing, mm-hmm. we were very much encouraged to like, well, go find out. Like, so we had an Encyclopedia Britannica in right. the house. So like before the internet came along, like if we wanted to know about a thing, my parents would be like, well, go look it up. And like they would, you know, my dad is an engineer. So if it was like engineering related, he would go into the long explanation. Same with my mm-hmm. mom. She's seamstress and very, very talented. And like, you know, all the all the different things that she's into like all that stuff. But like, so they'd be like, okay, well go find the answer. Or, um, like if we wanted a thing, they would then be like, okay, well, what do you need to do to get that thing? And then it's like, we were just really encouraged to like be self-reliant and ask questions. And like the, the issue of our, our gender was never, ever like a factor in that. Cause there were mm-hmm. three of us girls, like no, no boys in the family, except for my dad. Um, <laughs> and like, that was never, ever a thing. Of like, oh, well, you're a girl, so let your dad take care of No, 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 no. They were right. like, no, go go find mm-hmm. the thing that you want to find. Yeah. And okay. I think that that served me really well, like, just in life in general. And, you know, like, okay, if you want to find a thing or if you, like, for instance, like, there have been shows that I've wanted to do, but maybe the information isn't on the website, then, okay, contact the organizers right. and find out. Yeah, so, and, and it's I've, it's very mm-hmm. different when you're you're having to make those those things yourself and plan to go to a show versus being invited to a show. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is like when you're like I feel like I'm not to the level yet where people are like reaching out to me and mm-hmm. saying like we would love you to join us. Like that's right. that would be cool to get to that level. But because I'm not there at this point like I have to like take that initiative or it's just not going to happen. Oh yeah. You have to, you have to do the whole, all right. I, uh, you're, you're in the building in the building stage where it's like, okay, what, where can I go to make, to reach my audience? Not my audience is coming to me. Yeah. Um, which is a whole different thing, uh, or to quote Howard Taylor at Worldcon a couple of years ago when, when said, well, if the whole thing doesn't work out, we, you know, we want to keep doing the, We'll we'll just go back to doing the convention that way. He says that's a terrible backup plan. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's what we got. But yeah, you know, you you've you've built it. You have to build that audience. You have to. I mean, Ursula didn't start with just here's hundreds of people that want to come to a convention to see her. It was right. you know here's five or ten or here's this little piece of art that people like and and it took years. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people re- don't realize how much work and how much time it really takes. Yeah. Like yeah. building from nothing is mm-hmm. it's, it's like one of those things. It's a, a battle won by inches. Yeah. 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 And, and s- sometimes luck. 
It is. Yeah. I feel, I feel like luck's a big part of it, but I also feel like just your, your attitude is a big part of it. Like just mm-hmm. being kind to people. Like if they don't want to buy your book, like don't get mad. It's okay. Not every, mm-hmm. not book is, every book is for someone. And I'm a big proponent of just like leave people with a positive impression. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, if they didn't like, I, I just did an event where I asked, um, a reviewer, she came by the table and I was like, well, you know what, I will provide you with a copy if you want to do a review. And she looked at it and it wasn't really her cup of tea. She does mm. more contemporary, which is very different from very different, fantasy. Yeah. So, and she was like, no, but thank you. And I was like, cool. Well, I hope you have a great day. Like it, you know, mm-hmm. just be kind to people. Ooh, that, that one definitely goes on the list. Be mm-hmm. kind. And I think this is something that. I think should be applied, not just there, the the world needs more kindness right yeah. now. And I mean, it always needs more kindness. There's no, mm-hmm. no time when the world doesn't need more kindness, but mm-hmm. um, I think be kind to people is something that just needs to be hammered. Well, okay. That's not exactly kind, but th- th- <laughs> needs, I think needs to be emphasized more, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. let's make the world a kinder place versus whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the world is, is already hard enough. Life uh-huh. is hard. Like, just don't need to be adding to it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, even, like, and even, like, without human beings, it's hard. Like, random, crappy stuff that happens. Oh, yeah. It's life hard. So, yeah. yeah like, definitely agree. Just mm-hmm. I, try to try to spread life or light yep. and joy and, and all that kind of stuff. I know that sounds, like, super, like, hippy-dippy <laughs> and stuff, but I, I really do live by that. I, I, at least I try. Yeah. And I worry that I don't do that. And I don't want to be a hypocrite. Um, mm. But, yeah, like, definitely at least always be trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, any yeah. other advice or feedback now that I've short-circuited it with be kind? Oh, no, you've definitely not short-circuited <laughs> with be kind. It's always, always a good mantra. Um. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, and I, I know that that's terrifying. Like, I, I know I'm coming mm-hmm. from kind of a place of, like, extrovert privilege saying, like, yeah, go do the thing. Go talk to the people. Oh, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Like, I, I understand that that is terrifying for some people. Um, so I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, mm-hmm. make anyone feel left out or marginalized or anything, um, you know. But, again, professional ass kickers, like. If you have a friend or have someone who can like help you with that, um, mm-hmm. like I've heard of, you know, writer teams where maybe like a friend of theirs will um, like make calls for them to, you know, set up events or what have you and whatnot. And, you know, you pay them in coffee or whatever. Yeah. Or I'm the guy who's when somebody asks, oh, what do you do? And Ursula's just like. Oh, I, I'm a writer and, you know, I write these little stories. I'm the one who's like, no, she's amazing. And you have to, you have to have that cheerleader. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That, that's another really good piece of advice is have a support system. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That support system is vital. Like my, so my husband and my older sister are like two of like my biggest supporters. I have a huge, I have a really awesome, amazing support system. I'm not trying to leave anyone out. Um, But like, so they are the the two that have gone with me to shows and stuff. Cause you know, doing events, if you're by yourself is very difficult. Oh yeah. Oh, like even just like, okay, when can I go to the bathroom? Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's like a process you have to figure out. Um, so they've, they've done shows with me for instance. Um, and where was I going with this? Oh, right. Like, um, so I was saying like, neither of them have read my books. Like, they're two of the closest people in my life and they're just not like my husband is just not really much of a reader. My older sister likes what she likes. She likes stabby psycho thrillers. 
that's not what I write. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, neither of them have read my books, but like they're both ridiculously supportive and like, so they have like their own way of showing support. Right. So yeah, like that support system and like different people will have those different things that they are good at. Like nobody mm-hmm. can be good at everything. Just the fact. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Having a support system and, you know, bartering is still very much alive. Oh, very much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like my older sister, like I said, she's to help me with the shows and I've paid her in like coffee and dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also, she's also a, um, she can do, she does graphic design. So she did cover redos for a couple of my books. And again, like, okay, so I will pay for coffee when I come visit for a week. Like anytime you want coffee, it's on me. Mm-hmm. And that was our, that was our contract. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bartering is, is still very much, or like, you know, if you have children trading babysitting time, something like that. Okay, now, since mine's a teenager, when we talk about trading babysitter time, does that mean I'm <laughs> trading him out as a babysitter? Or no, I don't think that would work out very well. Yeah, I don't know about yeah. that. I don't have children, so I can't speak to, like, those those boundaries. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, different. It, that's a whole different discussion. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, do you want to do the, the happy success question first or the sad Oh, wait, uh, the sad failure question, which is the hard question versus the easy question, as it were. You have notes, um, so they may not be – so the typical user experience of it's really hard to talk about success and really easy to talk about failure thing may not apply. It actually doesn't in this case. I know I know a lot of people, like, feel opposite. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really have a good answer for the, the success one, so <laughs> – because, like, I, I'm not good at – celebrating my successes right like i'm i'm very much like yay we did the thing on to the next so so yeah so so for those who may be listening for the first time the questions are uh do you celebrate your success and if so how and how do you deal with failure when you miss a goal those are the two questions that we're we're figuring which one to answer first and i think you just did it uh do you celebrate your success and if so how the answer is not really and uh maybe you could do better about that. I don't know. I, um, I need to figure out mm-hmm. a thing that I can reward myself with that like, so for instance, like buying books, not a reward system for me because I buy books all the time. That's yeah. not like a special thing. That's like an everyday thing. <laughs> um, and like, I don't like doing things that impact my other goals negatively. Mm-hmm. So for right. instance, like, I mean, I will, I will like play some video games all weekend long but then, like, I'm not attending to my social media, which then, like, my social media backs up. And then I feel mm. like, ah, pressure, have to, like, catch up on the social media. Right. So, like, that doesn't really work as one. So, like, I'm still trying to find the thing I can do that feels special and, do- and like, you know, fits those parameters. Right. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's like... Uh... It, it's like that discovery that I'm an adult now, which means if I want to have ice cream and coffee for dinner, I'm going to have ice cream and coffee for dinner. Suddenly, it's there's there's this shift. And some of us, it takes years and years, and some of us have better self-control than others, where mm-hmm. you're like, I don't have to keep this from myself. There's no one saying, I can't do this. I'm going to go do this. And then, so, so there's the self-discipline thing, or there's the... Um, uh, I was talking to somebody like, we really want to travel, but we have to save up. And so there's the, you know, having that clear goal of when I hit this point, I'll be able to. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I mean, in a lot of ways, that's successful. Hey, when I have when I've worked hard enough to have X amount of money, then I can celebrate all this other hard work by going to Belize or wherever. Right. Belize may not be a great uh, thing, but yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to do an Alaskan cruise. Maybe like that needs to be like a high level reward set for myself. (laughs) And they're amazing. I loved it. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Did you see the Northern Lights? Um, we did not see the Northern Lights, uh, and we missed them in Finland and Iceland too, because mm-hmm. it was summer. Uh, but we saw, like, we went up to one of the glaciers and we were watching the glacier calve with the pieces coming off and, oh and the seals hanging out around there. That was like just one morning. Um, and, uh, uh, the birds, oh my God, the birds, so many birds. Really? Um, Ursula. Yeah. I mean, everybody was like, um, there was all the, oh, look, a bald eagle. Oh, look, a bald eagle. All the Texans were like, look at that bald eagle. Isn't it just the most majestic <laughs> thing? And, of course, our friend from Seattle's like, bald eagles are a trash bird. I see them all the time. <laughs> you would not feel that way when one if one pooped on your car. And I'm like, okay, we have opinions. Okay. Um, but uh, birds factor into a lot of our vacations, I'll admit. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so, you know, we're in China, we're looking at these amazing bits of landscape, and Ursula's like, folks, on this little tiny dot about 400 feet away going, it's a, it's a, you know, this, that, and the other. We're like, but ruins, 3,000 years old, it, shut up, bird. Okay, <laughs> yes, dear. Um, so, but, but I mean, that's sort of the thing, right, is that um, the Alaskan cruise was sort of a reward in that it was also sort of our honeymoon. Surprise oh, honeymoon. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it was a surprise. It was a surprise wedding, so a surprise honeymoon, as it were. I love it. No one we were it was part of a big group and no one we were going with knew we were gonna get married like the day before we got on the ship. Right. Whole story along that one. Um That is adorable. Oh yeah. It was a lot a lot more planning than anticipated, but a lot easier than doing the whole, hey mom, dad, you want to come out? And uh, who do we invite and who do we not invite? It was just like texting mom after that after you get married in the front yard of a friend during a barbecue and then text mom and dad, ha ha sealed the deal and nice. send a photo of the wedding certificate. Like that was so much less stress than mm-hmm. the first time I got married with the ceremony and the dress and the da 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 da. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, Alaska, amazing. Um, Skagway still regret not buying the whale skull. Still haven't figured out how we'd get it home. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Juno, uh, just uh, we went on a whale watching uh, tour and we're watching baleen whales do the bubble netting. And then they decided, yeah, except they decided to do the bubble net underneath the boat we were in. And that was a moment. Of, yeah. That was a moment of panic for us and for the, for the um, uh, captain, because he's like, legally, oh, so it was like legit problematic. Yeah. Well, one, they could, they could tip it over. They could damage the boat. They could they could capsize it. Two, they could get injured by the boat. Three, legally speaking, um, mm-hmm. even though it's outside of his control, he's not supposed to get that close to whales anyway. Oh. On the other hand, there is just something absolutely amazing about being in a boat and having, like, literally 10 feet away from you through, like, you know, glass and hull, just this whale just whoosh out of the water. And um, their breath is terrible, and Ursula smelled like it for... Oh, no. Hours. Yeah, because she was out back <laughs> looking for birds, and up come suddenly there are whales, and she's like getting basically spit on by whales because they just, <laughs> and she's just like, 
Oh my God. I'm like, wow, that is a smell. Um, wow. Was this like in the ship or was this like on a different boat? This was on a, a whale watching boat. Got it. Significantly not not no. They they don't bubble they don't bubble net in a group big enough to take like a cruise ship, but this was like a smaller fishing boat size thing, you know, right. sort of a, a passenger boat for doing whale watching and stuff like that. Right. And um and no, that was where we discovered that uh yeah, uh SeaWorld actually is the devil. Mm-hmm. Because what I mean it was reinforced. How's that? Because in the wild, orcas don't have the flopped over. They have straight up dorsals. And mm-hmm. because they're not under stress and there is something just amazing about seeing like that versus the SeaWorld version. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they have like the whole ocean to get away if they, you know, oh, have yeah. conflict or whatever. Oh, yeah. And they play. Mm-hmm. They, I did not, you know, it was something, I mean, I sort of knew they played, but watching them actually play in the river sort of with each other is a hell of a thing. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And if anyone has not seen the documentary Blackfish, I highly recommend it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just put a reminder in here. Mentory Blackfish. So that I remember to link it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a good look into the practices of SeaWorld and many of the problems that they've had and just crappy stuff that yeah. they've done. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Yeah. Um okay. so yeah, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a, like a high level yeah. high level yeah. reward for one day. I think I think uh yeah, bucket list items like that are are becoming sort of more the norm for us as we get older, mm-hmm. as we get and and I admit we have some privilege. She's got a good career, I've got a good career. Um yeah. But being able, you know, that's like our reward for all the hard work is being able to do those things and not waiting until I'm 70. Yeah. You know, and then, that, you you know, have trouble getting around to yeah. watch the glacier do a thing. Right. Or, you know, spending 17 hours on an airplane really isn't an option anymore. You know, that's, I, I you know, that's something, uh, there's, there's some pre-planning or pre-rewarding in it to make sure, mm-hmm. you know, that when I'm senile maybe when i'm senile in the home i'll be running around finland in my head instead of yeah. <laughs> uh, you know uh slaving away at a desk right yeah um so yeah if anyone has any suggestions yeah. for things i can do <laughs> that fit those parameters and whatnot i'm mm-hmm. totally open all right yeah you heard that folks um to comment on this episode or uh there will be contact information a little later on mm-hmm. um and then so failure. Failure. Yes. What do you do or how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? I'm I'm way better with the failure, which sounds <laughs> weird. Um, <laughs> I'm well practiced at failure. Um, <clears throat> so and I actually like had a huge thing like this about two years ago, maybe mm-hmm. like a year and a half, where when I was getting ready to put out my book into the fire, mm. I had no marketing plan. I was like, I'm going to keep it all in my head. I'm not going to write anything down. Oh, it was a terrible idea. <laughs> it was so, so dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, I actually like did a, a guest blog post on a, a friend's blog for that, where I addressed the issues and talked about that experience. And basically like, so what I do now is like, mm-hmm. I'll like kind of postmortem the situation, like what went wrong, what was good, keep the good bits, change the bad. Um, and again, my, my beloved checklists. Mm-hmm. So like I have now since built a checklist for when I have a release 
and it has all the things in there and I like add to it, like as I think of stuff or as I make new contacts and get new ideas and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, like I, I just try to salvage what I can from mm-hmm. it and, and learn what I can and then build a system to help. I'm, I might be a little bit of a control freak. I admit it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> build a system to try and prevent that from happening again. Yeah, no, uh, time and tech really, mm-hmm. really cemented some of those things. Um, because that is, that is absolutely what, what we've all learned to do when mm-hmm. dealing with, with system crashes or with, uh, website failures. And sometimes it's like, all right, well, what was under a control? What wasn't? And you have to go back and you have to do that, that retrospective, that postmortem. Um, and it's funny to hear all of these terms that I'm so used to using or either in work <laughs> or in, you know, in, in technical situations and going, this is absolutely, you know, the thing, what can we do to build the system so that this doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. It usually means that the next time something goes wrong or the system doesn't work, it's really more complex to fix, but right. you start to get rid of the, all the little aches and pains and it only becomes the, the catastrophic things that may be completely outside your control. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Apologies. Um, yeah, just it's, and again, I know I'm coming from a place of mm-hmm. like, I guess, personality privilege or something yeah. like that. Um, of just like, okay, like this is the way, my brain works. So I'm not trying to be like, it's so easy. Mm. Everyone can do it. Like that's just my personal, uh, experience and, and way of dealing with it. So, yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, it's a learned skill, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's, there's you, first you learn this, the first skill you learn in this sort of thing is the, it's your fault, not mine, mm-hmm. the blame skill. And that's oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes from blaming the other person to blaming yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, which as an organization gets bigger, as, as things get, as things grow, just doesn't scale. It doesn't work. And you can't play mm-hmm. the blame game without having the whole thing melt down. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these systems, especially around preventing failure, are, are just a reaction to we can no longer have a single person. A single person is at fault. This no longer works. Mm-hmm. Right. If we're trying to find a single person who made a single mistake so that we can eliminate that person, then we're not doing what needs to be done to make the software better. And it means that, you know, in all likelihood, it's going to happen again. And the fifth time it happens, suddenly you fired your entire engineering staff. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just not you you can't do that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. But and, you know, in the fifth time you've done it, you've blamed yourself and beat yourself up. That's exhausting. You cannot. That's not sustainable. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like interpersonal, you know, sometimes communication fell down, not through anyone's like intent or anything like that. Like for instance, if my husband's coming with me on an event and I need him to do things like I sometimes like, I can't wait until the night before to tell him about this thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some of it's just those communication issues that of course happen because human beings are a bit crap at communication. Yeah. And then the whole idea of, of you've got merch, you're keeping stock, you can't wait until, well, you can, it's just no fun, uh, the week before to make sure everything's in place or that you have all the stock you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just running prints alone takes, uh, if you're doing you know art prints like mm-hmm. we do, running the prints alone is a week's worth of work. You cannot yeah. do that three days before the event. 
Yeah. And this is too, yeah. like part of your, your system is like building in like the timeframes that stuff takes. Like I did an event, uh, I think back in March and mm. I only had, I think like six of, um, my rook candles. That's the, the leather and whiskey mm. and they sold. And so like, I was up to like two or three in the morning making more candles yeah. for the next day. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's not necessarily, we used to, um, that's not necessarily sustainable. We used to take the printer with us. Oh, really? And so after dealer's room, we would go back and say, okay, what sold? What didn't? What do we need? What's selling really well? What do we need more mm-hmm. of? And she would run prints for a couple hours. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, the wear and tear on the printer is terrible. Putting yeah. it in the back of the car, driving it to Pittsburgh, coming back. Putting it in the mm-hmm. back of the car, driving it to Charlotte, coming, you know, coming back, setting it back up. Um her printers tend to last longer now and mm-hmm. trying not to restock like that on site is so much less stress. It's like if yeah. we're out of, you know, getting through that idea of if we're out of something, we're out of something mm-hmm. versus if we're out of something, we have to make sure we have more in the next day. Uh, it's a little different with the prints and the amount of work that goes into that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can't take, I don't think you can take the candle making stuff with you. No, on the on the big trips, yeah. So it's it's certainly uh, changing the logistics so that you sometimes you can't do that makes you think things in advance. Yeah, and like now I have something mm-hmm. like eighteen of those on hand at a time, and mm-hmm. I I mean I would love it, but the, I don't really sell eighteen in a day, so those are usually fine, right? Yeah, and I'm guessing that you guys now like you do more prints at a time or have something for that. It the big thing about it is you never know what'll sell. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like you kind of have a baseline and I really need to get on her about the large body of prints that we carry around that have never sold in, mm-hmm. you know, in the 10 years we've been doing this together, we've sold none of X, Y, or Z, but these seem to be popular. These seem to sell regular. That's part of inventory tracking, which mm-hmm. is why that's the next thing I'm working with her on, on the show. Right. Yeah. Um, I was very keen when you mentioned that. I'm like, Oh, I'm starting this too. Yeah. But, um, but it's like you you either have to carry the whole catalog with five of everything and hope you know it sells some of those sell that don't normally or you have to like we always take extra biting pairs mm-hmm. for whatever reason the biting pair well i mean we know why the biting pair is, <laughs> is uh you know usually sells at least a couple um mm-hmm. but you never know when this is the year that those three copies of uh, the Wombat Tarot Fool are going to sell that have been sitting in the back of the, the print book for, you know, two or three years, mm-hmm. right? Um, 10 years at this point. But, but there's, there's, it, it can vary. Like what sells at a show this week might not sell at all next week. So mm-hmm. you have to watch that balance of, we have 10 copies of the Biting Pair and the Biting Pair did not sell at all at this particular event, but it sold, we sold, so many copies we had to make more at the event before there's no telling. Yeah. And like figuring that out can be so difficult. So like Mm -hmm. a fellow author friend, um, Nicolene Evans, Mm -hmm. she does a lot of cons and stuff and she's very prolific. I think she's got like close to 10 titles now. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's, she hasn't been like doing this for relatively that long. Um, and we were having a chat at BookCon last year about it where like, she just brings shelves. Like she just Mm -hmm. brings everything and like, cause she, like you said, like she mm-hmm. never knows what's going to sell at one right. show or another, but that also obviously requires like, you have to have stuff to carry shelves and all the oh, stuff yeah. that comes with that. 
Yeah, at least prints tend to fit a little easier into just yeah, binders. Um, yeah. But they're still... You still have to worry about damaging the stock. You still have to worry about, oh, God, the water got in and, oh, he spilled the Coke and now the, mm-hmm. uh, and it got into the print book and now everything's ruined. And, yeah. you know, it. And it, you, I was uh, going to say, you guys fly a lot too, don't you? We do. So mm-hmm. one of the things we've done to change that, and uh, it's Bubonicon's fault. By the way, we're going to Bubonicon for the third time this year. Can't wait. Woo! Be exciting. Um, Ursula is one of the uh, co guest of honor, author guest of honor this year. Um, oh. But congratulations. Uh, yeah, oh thank you. Um, to to her and you. Yeah, they um they were like, no, don't bring a dealer's table. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. We want you to be there to be available to the fans. And that was a much better experience. Mm-hmm. And it allowed us to focus on the reason we were there, which was mm-hmm. fan interactions and being able to I mean at the time I didn't have the fans she did because we weren't really doing Hidden Almanac when we at the first Bubonicon. But mm-hmm. you know, since then it's like unless they specifically ask her to be a dealer or bring specific stuff for sale, we no longer do that at a mm-hmm. lot of those events because the logistics around it, uh, the extra costs, the um and then the availability. Suddenly we're not as available to the to the people who have come to the event to see Ursula and occasionally mm-hmm. me, you know, if we're so busy worrying about stock and set up and tear down and all that, then we're not available to the people who made it possible for us to be there in the first place. Yeah. And right. the, the physical labor involved too, oh, is yeah. something like I've mentioned. Um, so I have a couple of blog posts on doing live shows and the stuff mm-hmm. that goes into it because people don't realize like it is so much work. And oh, like, yeah. so one of the things I mentioned is, physical labor books are heavy. Mm-hmm. And if you like, I have like kind of a big setup. Like I, I have shelves that I take to, to some of the bigger ones. Like I have like a whole table set up. Sometimes I have like a wheel that spins for prizes, like whole thing. <laughs> so like, wow, that is, that is, yeah, that is elaborate. That is cool. Yeah. Though. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of like, you know, as you know, I know yeah. like cons will sometimes have people there to help, but sometimes it's just you. Oh yeah. That's it. And so like, you have to have like, have to get that stuff inside. I have a, um, this is a tool I a hundred percent recommend. Um, mm-hmm. there's a brand called Milwaukee and they have, um, like folding, uh, hand carts and dollies and stuff. Oh, and so yeah. I have one, it folds out into four, like a little flatbed thingy. Oh, it is so helpful. Cause like, I'm, I'm kind of strong, but I'm like not strong enough to carry box after box after box. So right, like right, I right, load right, everything right. onto that and then just roll it along. Yeah. Um, uh, we have uh, the one show we do, Anthrocon, and that one we always vend at. Mm-hmm. Even though she was guest of honor last year, we we still set up the table because people want the table. They want the, the whole thing. That's like sure. one of our biggest merch money-making shows. Um, but uh, there are union, the convention hall is a union shop. Mm-hmm. And so at a certain point in the process with all that carrying, um, you have to have, unless very strict rules are mentioned, you have to have a person from the union do it. Oh, interesting. And so, yeah, so suddenly it's leveraged in that, um, you know, has to be all, if you can't take it all in one trip and on two wheels, has to be mm-hmm. two wheels, not four, right. um, then you have to wait for the, uh, for the Teamster to come and move it for you for mm-hmm. both legal reasons and because the the agreement of the Teamsters. And, you know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. Um, yeah. A lot of people complain about it. On the other hand, it's like, I'm not killing myself trying to get all this stuff through the door. I get it to a point, 
put it on the cart, and then they deliver it for me, and I don't have to say, load it all and try to get it all in one um, and be super person. It's like, you know, I can leverage this. It has to be mm-hmm. done that way anyway. Yeah. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. Or it's like your cart. Oh, this cart folds out. It's probably got four wheels. You can put all your stuff on it. It mm-hmm. it's it's a um, force multiplier. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And if I can take three small trips instead of trying to get one giant trip and hurt myself, mm-hmm. and then you know I'm actually much better with that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So it's definitely like a a labor mm-hmm. versus. Uh, mm-hmm. reward, I guess, kind yeah, of yeah. equation. I, and I'm going to ask you for a link to that, to that cart, because honestly, we're always buying like the sort of, you know, the, the, it's collapsible, but it isn't made to be a cart cart. It's, it's much more of a, I can put three boxes on it and wheel it on two wheels. Uh, it's, um, mm-hmm. uh, a dolly, not an actual yeah. cart. And, uh, uh, you know, trying to do the logistics of, okay, we've got it all on here and strapped. And then, oh, one of the things slid and the whole thing is now falling off and, yeah. yeah, no, I need a better one. Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. Milwaukee doesn't pay me to say this. They can because I will. I will talk them up. I love their their tools. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I think it's like $60 for the, the one that is four mm-hmm. wheels or it can be two wheels. So like it's convertible. Oh, one of those. Great. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. sturdy. Yeah. Because I have killed hand carts before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Believe so, me, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So. The tools are mm-hmm. when you find a good tool, you're like forever. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's like the boxes we've got. Uh, the the con kit themselves are actually these. Um, they're toolboxes, basically. Nice. But the bottom one's wheeled. They're mm-hmm. they interlock so that I can make it four high. I can make it six high as the base, or I can just make it three high, and they mm-hmm. come in different sizes so that I can just latch them together and take what we need. We have two sets because you don't want to put like this giant stack and then trying to, to pull it with the thing. But right. it's, since it's got built in wheels on the bottom one, you know, it's, it's like, okay, just take them out, unlatch the top one, unlatch the second one, load them into the back of the truck. They're already sealed and waterproof. Can you send me that link? I will see if I can find it. Thank you. Yes. Um, con kit. Boxes. I don't even know if they make them anymore, but it's like we saw uh, KB Spangler had them at one event, and like mm-hmm. a week later, we were at, at Lowe's Home Improvement buy or Home Depot, whoever had them at the time, buying like two sets. Just like, nope, we need these. Right. Um, oh my gosh, they sound amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And for books, they're great because you put all the books on the bottom one where it's heavy and you're not having to worry about the balance. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. I hope they still exist. Yeah, because uh, the one also had dividers, so you can almost use it right there like a uh, cash box or organized desk thing. I mean, it's really well done. Yeah, you know? that's oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm just going to pop the top off. The top one is about the size of a briefcase, so you just pop that one off, take the handle, walk away with it. It's like, oh, I know, right? I really, really hope this is like still a thing. Yeah. Because that sounds amazing. I will be linking it. Probably with brand information. Remember, guys, I'm not going to. If I was getting paid to talk about this, I would know the name of the brand. Right. Um, yeah, uh, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go, like, go take pictures and send. You know, I'll get that. I'll get that out to you later because it's really handy. Yeah. Really, really handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So perfect. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and sometimes for stuff like that, you have to look in weird places because it's like when mm-hmm. you think about artist supplies and doing that sort of setup, you don't think, well, let's go to the home improvement store or the construction store mm-hmm. because – and uh, by the way, anybody who works in construction and wants to talk about um, 
how you stay organized, especially on the job site, please, you know, email me. Um, but you don't think about how, like, if you're going in with a set of tools or power tools or, uh, you know, the plans or whatever on a daily basis, how you would have to keep that and how applicable it is to artists, authors, um, tech people. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if you're doing a marketing trade show, there's, you know, the same containers and things that are being used by uh, the guy who's showing up on site to fix your uh, your plumbing. They may be applicable. You yeah. just don't think about it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And craft stores, too. Craft stores are amazing oh places my God, to get stuff yes. for that. So, like, you know, Michael's, Hobby Lobby, and Joann's, they all have apps that have coupons. They're, they all have a coupon consistently for 40% off one item, which yes. is huge. We, we don't shop um, at Hobby Lobby. Yeah. I, I have issues with it, but they're the only ones that sell the candle wax that I like. Oh, I'm and really sorry. And candle wax is yeah. very heavy, and it costs a lot to ship. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I've had to be like, fine. I'll come to you yeah. for my wax, but nothing else. Yeah, time to time to see if there's someone local who can get it in without having to do the yeah. Yeah, I've looked. Yeah. There's a place near you, actually. Really? Yes. Um. So the there's a place called Candle Science. I love them. Okay. They're amazing suppliers. Um. But I don't live in North Carolina. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. So it's a bit of a haul to go because they you can pick it up. Like right. you don't have to get it shipped. You can pick it up. But yeah, no, I don't live close enough. Like this is all right. Well, it's wax pickup weekend. We are renting a panel van. We're driving. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're renting a car. When we get there, we're renting a panel van, and then we're driving home. Yeah. I mean, you want to do that in winter, though. Exactly. Yeah. Not not in the summer, because otherwise you're going to have a yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there, there are other places. Um, when I, I went to Austin mm -hmm. a couple of months ago, um, same kind of thing. There was one that was like kind of along the way. And I almost like, I almost <laughs> stopped there and I have my a friend of mine lives in Austin. We stayed with her. Mm. So I'm kind of like, okay, maybe next time, like I'll go, I'll like do the little detour, mm -hmm. get my wax and like load up on wax for the next year or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe there's there's something to do that because that's something a lot of people don't think about when we go into talking about merch and manufacturing is that it feels silly sometimes. And if you're watching your pennies, you're thinking thoughts like this is really expensive and do I really need this much? But buying in bulk sometimes really can be both a time and cost saver. Yeah, especially yeah. if the the whatever you're buying doesn't like perish or or like you know doesn't like go bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I a mean, sealed block of wax, as long as it doesn't get too hot, it'll sit out there forever. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's fine. Mm -hmm. um, same with uh, like the the dyes and stuff. So I have mm -hmm. I think enough dye right now to dye like over a thousand pounds of wax. Because it just so long as it doesn't evaporate, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. As long as you keep it sealed and mm -hmm. you know it doesn't, it's not like it's it's um, an animal fat that'll go rancid. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, that's, that's something that I've looked at and mm -hmm. I mean, one day I'll make it out there and I'll buy so much wax. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have several events out here that, yeah. Anyway, um, we can talk about that later. Talk yes. about that later. So yeah. Always looking for new events. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, that's everything. I think so. I think so. Yeah. So, um, all right. Where do we find out about your books? Where do we buy okay. candles? Um, so you can find me, uh, my website is wordsbydana.com. Mm -hmm. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as at Dana Frederick. Definitely check the spelling because my last name is crazy. Um, 
And also I have a Patreon and a Ko-Fi, both under Words by Dana as well. Um, and of course, you know, on the, the Patreon, you can get lots of extra goodies, like audio versions of Ooh. my short stories that I include in, oh, right. I have a VIP newsletter, which is free to sign up for. You get extra goodies and stuff in that, including, um, short stories every other month. Ooh. Um, so yeah, those are free short stories. They're super fun in my broken gears, steampunk fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then audio versions of those are one of the rewards I have on the Patreon along with other fun goodies and stuff. So like I said, that's. Patreon words by Dana. Um, Oh, and I have, um, so as of when this recording is put out, at least I assume so, this will probably be a couple of weeks. Um, One or two. Yeah. yeah. So um, I also have a new book coming out in the fall. It's the third in my um, Lenore storyline in the broken gears, steampunk fantasy world. Um, The book is called across the ice and it is available for pre-order. Again, as of when this recording comes out, it's, going to be available pretty much everywhere amazon and kobo and and all the places so yeah. awesome yeah mm-hmm. way cool thank you so and i think yeah i think that's everything i think that's everything all right so now i have four pages three pages four pages of notes and uh-huh. a fantastic discussion and really thank you so much thank you kevin it's i really appreciate you having really me really fun and um i can't wait to check some of the stuff out Awesome. Thank you so much. And and send you stuff too, because apparently I have to go look up the stuff for, yeah. Yes, so. please. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you so much. And thank uh, you. for those of you at home, I've said thank you way too many times. And also we'll be right back after this. fun talking to Dana and I hope you guys really enjoyed the last oh hour and a half so we're gonna be quick through this remember you can collect badges based on listening to the episodes and a couple of other things this week our badge code is blackfish based on the documentary that Dana mentioned the other thing is if you want to know more about badges go to the badges section of the productivity alchemy website at productivityalchemy.com it's right there on the main menu and that's going to be it I'm going to go finish getting everything ready for anthrocon by the time you hear this anthrocon will be underway at least for me so wish us luck We'll be there. If you want to find us, we'll be hanging around the dealer's room. I'll be working security. Just remember, if you see me and I'm in the red vest, that means I'm I'm working and won't have time to be like meet and greet. But that's just the way it works, I'm afraid. If you want to support us, you can go to productivityalchemy.com slash support, and there will be links to the Ursula V. Patreon which is Ursula's Patreon. It pays for all the podcasts and you get all of her self-published books for free. Isn't that awesome? The other thing is there's a link to the Kofi page for K-Sunny, K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. That's me. Buy me a coffee because I drink a lot of it. Coffee's the thing that keeps me going. Coffee's the thing that's keeping me going right now 
because I still have to go load a whole bunch of crap into the truck. All things being said, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. And remember, stay productive.